Uh, so Patrick, here Sarah. we are. Patrick, how is it going? The Polini perspective, we're back. We're back. Again. Yeah. No guest this week. No guest this I mean, we had a huge guest last Listen, week. You know, once you have Cameron Hall as a guest, then, you know, getting everything secondary going forward, right? Oh my God, she was amazing. Yeah, she was just, she was great. I feel like it's so good to have her perspective because she's been in media for so long. So I feel like just her whole journey of being like a, a, you know, a woman of color in the media, it was great. I mean, from Texas. Yeah. You know, local news background, network news, national news background, talk show. Um, and just, you know, we didn't get into it, but obviously she's been very public about her sister. You know, her sister was murdered years ago in a domestic incident. Yes. Um, you know, so she's been a longtime advocate for true crime and for domestic violence victims. So. I don't believe they ever... They, I don't think they ever caught who did it. Right? I don't think they did either. And, you know, I know we had a limited time with her and that was kind of off what we were talking about, but I'd be fascinated to find out what the update was with that. But yeah, she, and I'm sure she talks about it more on her show. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So that was awesome. So if people, by the way, didn't listen, that was last week's episode. It's the most recent one on the Polini perspective. Yeah, it's doing very well. And then it's like, it's like number one on iTunes. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> Austin Joe Rogan. All right, fair enough. Uh, yeah. and, and by I'm right the- behind. I'm right behind Joe. <laughs> Which we have to talk about Joe Rogan because he, you know, he was getting canceled. Everyone's been canceled over the weekend, by the way. And uh, you know who I'm dying because you have never been a Jimmy Kimmel fan. So I am curious to see. You know, Kimmel and I believe Fox News is the one that has uncovered old comedy skits where he was using yeah. the N word. Plus, we know he did blackface for a Comedy Central skit years ago. He, he, for some reason, there, there's certain individuals like a Kimmel, like an Alec Baldwin, okay. who, for whatever reason, they've been given a lifetime pass, no matter what they do or what they've done. It just seems like they're getting a pass. Like, Kimmel mm. seems like he could do anything, or and literally because he's anti-Trump and... You know, he was on the man show going way back. Yep. Uh, I mean, people forget that. Which was like a different time, by the way. I mean, wasn't that 1999, oh, yeah. like I'm 2000? Over, like 20 years ago. Yeah, 20 years oh, yeah. ago. So, yeah. So, and again, I'm not saying anything he did back there should cancel him today. I'm just saying there's certain individuals who seem to be able to get through, but, through a lot. Do you think it's over yet with Kim? And by the way, Trump being one of them. Right. Oh, that's right. I mean, yeah, Trump seems un- sort of seems uncancelable. Un- you know, you can't really cancel him. Although I'm curious. Well, he after- might be. He might be. He might be canceled this November. <laughs> that's true. And I do think you know. Obviously, we'll talk about this too because you were on my show yesterday. But I'm curious if we think you know that rally in Tulsa is a turning point of people with Trump. Well, I think it's. I think it's a foreshadowing of what's what right now looks like it's going to be a very bad November for President Trump. Okay. I, I, you know, and again, there's a lot of polls out there. Some you believe, some you don't. They're very volatile, especially right now with, with COVID and then the protests and, you know, Trump not having been able to do rallies for the last three months, um, you know, up until the Tulsa one this past weekend, Biden's basically in a basement. Uh, so he hasn't been 
I, I believe it's over 80 something days now. He hasn't answered a question from somebody from the press. Right. Or, or I shouldn't say that. he did interviews, but he hasn't done a press conference. Um, which, by the way, the, the, you know, us in the media, we should be demanding that he does talk. To, I mean, this guy is running for president, you know, eight years vice president, 36 years in Senate. But what you know, do you he, want him to talk about? In a way, I think that their strategy right now is great. I think they're they like, look. Get, but, but Sarah, they shouldn't get to decide that. Like, the, if you're the journalist in this country. Why not? No, the journalist. I'm not saying he should be out there doing rallies and stuff. But he should be out there talking to the press. Don't you think doing- with Biden, though, that their strategy is keep him in a bunker? We They don't want to step in crap between now and November. Because like you've said, no. and we've talked about this podcast, okay. advantage Biden. So don't you think if they can just keep him quiet, don't rock the boat, they're going to win in November? I, uh, yeah, I, to- I totally agree 100%. That's their strategy. However, having said that, if you're – six months away or five months away from being president, potentially being elected president, you should have to, he hasn't talked to the press in 80 something days. So he should have to, like we should, we, we in the press should be demanding that he talk and answer questions on a wide range of subjects. There's a lot going in the world right now. He wants to run for president, which he is. He's the presumptive nominee. He's in head in the polls. Yet he, he really hasn't had to answer any questions. So I, I think he should. Having said that, I do agree with you. That's their strategy. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, why would he come out? Stay in the bunker, stay hunkered down, you know, do your pre-tape stuff, run your ads, and let Trump be Trump. Right. Uh, but again, and then I'll get off this. You know, Trump has to be out in front. He's the president. He has the he, you know he has the bully pulpit in in essence, which actually should help him. It's not, so it's allowed Biden to just kind of stay out of stay out of the public eye. What did you think overall about about the Trump rally in Tulsa? You know, we know about sixty five hundred people. Obviously, you know he's getting trolled for that. There may have been these TikTok and teens that claim that essentially they reserved all these tickets, so the Trump. Uh, you know, team thought that uh, thousands were going to show up, but what, what's your take overall? Cause people still do seem to be talking about that. Well, I didn't really watch it. I just saw some highlights. Okay. Uh, I think it was a miscalculation by his team. I think that um, people were more afraid of COVID certainly being indoors. Yeah. Than, yeah. Than the, than the Trump team thought. Um, I don't know about all the registering or, signing up for, for reserving spots. Uh, you know, clearly the Trump team thought there was going to be 800,000 people there up to a million people, uh, outside, you know, obviously only 30,000 or whatever inside, you know, they were set up to do overflow. It clearly didn't materialize. Then they came out with the statement that protesters were blocking people from entering. Totally not true. Yep. Uh, listen, I, it's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. Now, uh, weren't you telling me, though, there was something about record number of views of people streaming yeah, so, it? Was that true? So there, and again, I don't have the numbers, but there was there was a record number of views online. And apparently it was Fox News's largest audience for a rally, okay. I believe. And again, I, I may have that wrong, the actual, but Fox News broke a record for a 
for Saturday night viewership. Okay. Um, so a lot of people saw it either online or on Fox news or other outlets. Uh, clearly though, the attendance was very dismal. So I, again, I don't, I don't know what to read into that. If, you know, I think the Democrats and Biden's team need to be really careful to read too much into it. Yeah. Cause that'll, that'll be a mistake. Um, I also think as we get closer to the election, you know, you got a candidate who um, showed signs of slowing down in Biden prior to, you know, being hunkered down in his basement. I, again, I, I, I do think he's going to have to answer real questions. It'll be interesting to see how he does it, the debates. Um, there's going to be three debates plus one VP debate. Um, Biden's the front runner. The polls indicate Biden is, is clearly the front runner right now to win the presidency. But I wouldn't count Trump out yet. I, I think it's too far I to know. go. And I do think there's going to be some sort of silent majority. Although right now, the way the polls look, I don't think it's enough to overcome Biden's lead, but I think it, it'll tighten up. It'll tighten up. Uh, you know, so one last thing on politics, and I know we got a lot of pop culture stories we want to get to, but um, this past week, Amy Klobuchar obviously bowed out, you know, a VP running, um, says that a woman of color should be nominated. It uh, looks like Val Demings, who you've talked a lot about, is is probably the front runner, runner maybe Kamala Harris. Um, Stacey Abrams not hearing as much about. Do you think it's down to those three? Um. I think it's probably down to those three, maybe the Atlanta mayor and, you know. And what do we decide about Susan Rice? Is she just out or, or maybe she's in? I, I don't know. If it was my decision, she'd be out. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. What, I don't know what uh, Joe's, Joe's decided. Listen, to me, it's Kamala. To me, there's, it's a no-brainer. Um, as much as Val Demings is an interesting choice, former law enforcement, Florida. I just, you know. Is she ready to be president? Because that's really who you're looking at, you know? I don't know. I don't think anyone who's voting, because listen, she's an unknown. Right. And I don't think you want to spend the time to convince people that she is presidential when you still have to convince that Joe's presidential. I mean, keep in mind, you know, he's been he's been in Washington 44 years. He's run for president three times, never been successful. He was never considered one of the top senators. Uh, it's listen, I, he's benefiting from all the other circumstances going on right now because he's not a great candidate. Right. How about, however, Trump might be a worse candidate right now in terms of where we are in terms of, you know, everything. Yeah. Yeah. COVID. Not, not post COVID. We're still in. We're still in the pandemic, uh, you know, and again, you see a lot of the stuff, well, there's going to be a second wave and, all, you know, you're starting to see numbers spike in certain areas. And again, some of some of the reporting's out of context with hospitalizations and. Um, but what are you. OK, keep going, because, you know, you, you had the Texas governor come out. I mean, they went from fifteen hundred cases per day. They're now up to over three thousand. He says, yeah, it's true. It's true. But uh, I don't want to. I really closing everything is the last resort. So wh what do you think is really going on there, though? Well, I think cases are going up. I think, A, because people are out and about. I, I do think there's increased testing. The question is, are hospitalizations going up and is the death rate going up? And if those two things are not going up, 
then I think we're okay. I did read an article that about 80% of the new cases are between the ages of 25 and 49, okay. which makes sense. You know, they're, they're more out and about now. They're the ones who are going to the, the bars or the restaurants or the retail outlets. But if 25 to 49 year olds are getting it and they're recovering, they're not getting real sick, they're not going to the hospital, certainly not dying. Okay. Like people are going to get it. The, the virus is still out there. It, it, it hasn't gone away. We don't have a vaccine. So I don't know if I'm going to get caught up too much on who's getting it. You're not going to prevent people from getting it. The goal from the beginning was to flatten the curve. It's been flattened. So now all of a sudden you're seeing a little bit of a spike in certain places, which should be expected based on the fact that you've reopened up and everyone's acting like we got to shut down again. No, that, that can't be. That can't be. Well, I, I, I think I don't think anybody is going to close down. I think you've op- reopened. Um, I think they're just going to try to manage it. It's just, you know, hey, look, you know better than anybody. It's still really scary because it's just so case by case. You know, it's just like the flu we know really just kills, you know, old or very young. But this. Listen, if I was 65 years old right now or if I had, you know, diabetes or I had some underlying condition, I would not be out and about. It. I would be working from home. And I would not be out and about. I'd still be doing my takeout. I'd still be doing all of that stuff. If I was 35 years old or 40 years old, healthy, I'd be out and about. And honestly, I would not be too worried about getting it. I know that sounds, that may sound terrible, but the recovery rate is in the 99% range. Yeah. So, I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people have gotten it and recovered. Right. Uh, but at the same time, we still have 120,000 people who have passed away. So, and that's uh, only since February. I mean, that's like it's not like been a year or yeah. a year and a half. I mean, you're talking well, since again, February. Over one fourth of them are nursing home or long term care facility related. Sure. Two thirds of the rest are over 70 years old. So, you know, there's a lot with these numbers. I, I think the press mishandles the numbers in some cases. I think there's, um, you know, for example, let's, you know, shifting gears like sports returning, you know, I'm a big premier league fan. I know obviously Dan, your, your, your husband's huge soccer guy. Uh, they seem to be, have handled it very well. You know, they're, they're, they're playing, they have an app, they get tested in the morning, uh, they're hugging, they're sweating on each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they're, you know, you know, they're staying pretty confined, right? I mean, they're, they're yeah, going to play. Yeah, There's, there is yeah. no, um, obviously nobody's in the stands, you know, so you, you don't yeah. have any, you know, concessions. You don't have anything like that. I just don't, I guess I don't understand what the U.S. mentality in that from a sports perspective, if one or two people on a team get it, like people are going to get it. So they, they don't play that day. They, they have to self-quarantine or stay confined. Um, I don't think there's going to be any fans. Yeah, no, no. In any of the major sports for, for at least the rest of this year. Um, what about um, his... But, the... but, but let me, hold on. Let yeah. me I think the country needs sports though, right? I think, you know... I do feel like watching a baseball game or watching a football game or, you know, for me, a soccer game, it's therapeutic. It's, it kind of clears your mind. I don't think, and I don't want to get too in the, in the, in the weeds here, but 
I don't think we realize how much of a fog everyone's in right now. I, I you know, how, how, and I, and again, when I say depression, I don't mean like medically depressed. I mean, just kind of just like in a fog, right. And walking around and just like, it's scary that the world's going to be different potentially and that things are different right now. And there's a lot of unknowns still. And, um, so I, you know, listen, I, I think sports is, and not just sports, any activities, right. Any hobbies, whether, whether you're a bo- boater or, you know, I, I just think you have to try to get some normalcy back right, to, to the best you can. I mean, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's and and I was going to ask you if there's any update. You know, obviously we do talk sports here, and I follow a little MLB, um, NHL. Have they made any decisions as to are so, they going to play? Yeah. Well, NHL is definitely coming back. They're going to have a, 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 a they're going to have twelve teams, I believe, uh, who aren't going to make the playoffs. The rest will. There's going to be playing tournaments. They're going to play in two sites. I believe Vegas is going to be one site, and there's going to be an Eastern site yet to be determined. It's going to be like a round robin, and yeah, they're going to hopefully crown a Stanley Cup champ. Major League Baseball is fighting with the union. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rob Manfred, who's the commissioner, has said so. He has the authority to say we're going back to play no matter what. Mm-hmm. We'll figure out the money. Sixty games, playoffs, expanded playoffs. We'll see. You know, I, I'm, you know, the the fighting that's going on between the union and Major League Baseball kind of puts a damper on the return to any degree. Uh, I thought we were going to maybe get 80 games, but it looks like 60 games now. The NBA has a plan to come back, and obviously, listen, football's full swing, so. We'll, 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 see we'll, see. Where, uh, we'll see where it goes. Um, of course, in light of Black Lives Matter, and I think people just realizing how far we still need to come when it comes to equality, uh, the Redskins name is back up for debate. You have Mayor Bowser mm-hmm. saying it's long overdue. It's hard to promote, operate, and expand the Redskins if they keep this current name. What do you think? And as far as I've seen, I don't know if Snyder has even responded again to this. I haven't seen a response from Snyder, but it's to me it has to go. There's no yeah. to me it, it needed to go years ago. It absolutely has to go now. If we're taking down statues of 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 people who uh, fought for the Confederacy or were, were had had a variety of whether they were slave owner or or uh, and again there, there's there's statues that absolutely should come down and then. There's other ones that could be debated whether they should come down or shouldn't come down. Uh, but in this day and age, if we're making true change, yeah, you cannot have an NFL team should not be called the Redskins. They just shouldn't. This isn't hard. And honestly, I think Goodell should mandate it. Well, do you think? Okay, I do feel like you know. And I don't know if he. I don't know if he has the authority to do that. But he should absolutely mandate it. I, I just don't know how in this day and age you, you have an offensive name. And, and you know, listen, we, you could debate whether it's really, you know, what the true intent of the name is or the, the meaning of it. It's, it's time to go. It's time, it's time for that name to go. 
Well, I have a theory, which I think they are going to change the name. I think this time, you know, I think this time things are different in the movement of like we've talked about, you know, Black Lives Matter and equality. And I think people are just having some real awakenings that they didn't have prior. I personally think he's going to change the name, maybe, which is why we have Bowser. You know, if she if she wants if she's working on a stadium deal with them, I think it should be. I, I don't think I don't know how she could do a stadium deal with a team called the Redskins. I bet she won't. Yeah. And tell the and tell the public that that's okay. I think, and you know, I mean, obviously he's going to do it for financial reasons, but we've seen over the past couple of years. I mean, of course, the Redskins are terrible, anyhow. But you know, you've I just seen. Don't know. I said this before. Just call it the Skins, right? You don't have to call it Redskins. Just call it the, everyone calls the team the Skins anyway. Washington Skins or why you know come up. The you marketing think that's behind- still offensive though. Like people will still be like you're referring okay. to. Them. So what? So then you got what the Warriors, the Washington. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they're working know. on that. Yeah, maybe they're working on. It. You know, listen. The Washington Wizards changed the name how many years ago? No one care. Like no, but the, the Wizards the Wiz- is a horrible name. But it is. I mean, is but it it's any better. Worse than, is bullets any worse than Redskins? Um, what, is that what the way they were before the Washington? The they, they were the bullets. Yeah. And why'd they get rid of the bullets? What do, uh, was it just again, like I, I, that? Way before my time in DC, I think it had something to do with the murder rate in DC was super high at that point. I think there was a lot of people being killed in the city. The bullets was just it just sent the wrong message, and they changed the name to the Wizards. I don't think anybody cares. No, I don't think anyone cared about that either. Although the Wizards is a terrible name. It's like we do need By something the way, like good. Let's not act like the, the Redskins, yeah, it's a historic franchise, but they haven't done anything in the last 25 years. Yeah, no. Maybe changing the name will give them some positive. It's a good way to look at it, actually. Yeah, maybe they need a renewed sense of, yeah. That's a great idea, actually. I, I tend to think, you know, you still haven't heard anything from him. I could be dead wrong. I mean, obviously, Snyder usually does opposite of what fans would like him to do. But Call him the pigskins, the football team. I don't know. Come up with something. <laughs> okay. Well, we're clearly we shouldn't be hired to do that. Come yeah. up with a name. But anyway, yeah. they'll come up come- with something. So, uh, so I'm not going to be on the committee to name to uh, rename the Redskins. <laughs> no, but it's it is hard to come up with something good. It's like you know you need a good name like the Pistons. You need something like you know I don't know like a good solid name. But we don't. It's hard. Um, the Caps are so good. You know that's like a great name. Yeah. The National Washington Nationals, great name. The Nats. The Nats. The Nats are so good. Um, all right. Well, we, we did want to talk pop culture because there's a lot. Things like Joe Rogan, we obviously touched on Jimmy oh, Kimmel. Before we before we get off the sports, we probably yeah. should discuss the, the Bubba Wallace NASCAR. Yes. The only, yes. The only black NASCAR driver. Um obviously uh what appears to be a horrific uh incident occurred. Um over the weekend at Talladega, where there was a noose found in his uh, area. Yep. You know, in, in the pit. You know, I'm, I don't know exactly what it's called. I guess it would be their locker area or pit area or yep. crew area, whatever. Um, so uh, apparently Bubba Wallace did not see it, uh, but someone else did. The FBI is involved. Local law enforcement has been involved. NASCAR came out with a statement and said, or the president of NASCAR came out with a statement and said that it's, a sh- it's only, a sh- it's like a very short list of people who could have had access to that area. Okay. So they should, they should be able to figure it out. I would think those areas have cameras and stuff, right? 
I would think, yeah. Because they, uh, they have said they believe it's an inside job, right? Don't oh, it they? has to be. Yeah. I mean, it can't, I don't think it can be. Um... Couldn't be, so. it couldn't be a fan, you know, it couldn't no, be there's like. there's no fans there. I mean, right. you know, well, I mean, when you say inside, I mean, somebody from one of the crews or so, somebody right. involved in NASCAR in some way, I would, I would, yeah. I would think. Uh, but apparently, so I don't know if you saw the video, they, um, all the drivers and everyone. I did. It was amazing. Pu- pushed Bubba Wallace's car yeah. down, the, down the track. It was really uh, some great video. So. Um, oh, my God. A great thing of unity. The other drivers and pit crews coming together to support him. And, of course, you know, in the past week, NASCAR has banned Confederate flags. They might have even done that last week before we recorded. Yeah, I think we talked, we talked about that last week. That's a good evolution for them, you know. I mean, and yeah. I, I haven't been to a NASCAR race in 20 years, but um, it's been longer than that for me. It's hard to believe that they were allowing people to bring a Confederate flag into, you know, whatever the races and fly it. So I think it's a great movement forward for them. And uh, that was a terrible incident. I'm sure they'll get to the bottom of it. My, they probably already know who did it, but you know, they're figuring whatever they're figuring it out and, yeah, right, and right, doing right. all that. Um, all right, let's talk cancel culture. A lot of people being canceled. You even had Tina Fey come out this morning. Well, I believe it was actually yesterday saying that she'd asked NBC to pull episodes where they had done blackface, um, you know, in the context of the show, you've got Joe Rogan and Joey Diaz, Joe Rogan, allegedly laughing at Joey Diaz saying that basically he had other female comics have to sleep with him or do something sexually with him if they wanted to get up on stage in LA. So what did you think about some of the cancelizations? I don't know. I mean, to me, like Joe Rogan is not going to be canceled, but okay. You know, well, over yeah, the weekend. You, well, I mean, we've talked about this for the last several years and on a variety of levels. I, I think the cancer culture is out of control. I think the cell phone making people look terrible in certain situations out in public when they may really not be doing anything significantly bad uh, is terrible. I think trying to vilify someone for making a mistake is, I just don't think that's a society we want to live in. Now, having said that, I think there's egregious comments, egregious racial, um, actions that someone may take that should result in certain whether it's shows or individuals uh being canceled in in quotations uh but where does it end i mean where where does it where does it stop and um you know i mean we got a governor of virginia who admittedly wore blackface and no one wanted to remove him well, i shouldn't say no one but Clearly, his own party did everything they could to keep him in power because they were afraid who would replace him. Uh, you know, you got Jimmy Kimmel, who clearly has done blackface in the past. Well, you've got Howard uh, Stern. I mean, you know, all, all of them seem to have, you know, you have Sarah Silverman. You have many, many. Con- but, you know, it I goes said, both I said sides. This on your, I said this on your podcast yesterday. I think, I think it gets tough in comedy, right? I, lo- I, would, I would love to have a comic on one of our shows because I, I wouldn't want to be a, I wouldn't want to be a comedian right now. I think it's, I mean, is every, is, is anything like that off limits from a comedic standpoint now, or do you go back in someone's comedic history and. I I mean, you have a lot of, um, 
you have a lot of white comics in the past who have used the N-word. I mean, from Louis C.K. to Sarah Silverman to so many. And I don't know. I mean, it is a really hard reckoning. I- and I'm not just talking about racial comics. I'm talking about, like, God forbid, like, you know, you know, you know just, just whether it's sexual orientation, comedy, uh, well, I mean, look at, you know, look, Dave Chappelle has gone after transgender people for a long time. And, and you know, you constantly have groups wanting Dave Chappelle. But I don't think he goes. Well, I think that that's where I think I, I think a, a comedian is trying to get laughs. And I think to me, everyone's on the table. I don't think. Right. I don't think Dave Chappelle is going after transgenders because he doesn't like that. I think it's just. It's comedy, right, right. It's it, you're, you're an equal opportunity make, you know, yeah, you're, you're trashing everybody, it, it, right. It's, you're tra- yeah, but, right. But, and, I mean, yeah, okay, we say that, but then, you know, you have massive trans and LGBTQ advocates who hate Dave Chappelle, who feel like he should. I, I, look, I think you just have to take a stance and stay with it. And obviously people are going to make mistakes and keep going. Rogan is not going to be canceled. I mean, you've got, you've got listen, people wanting. If you're, the C, if you're the CEO of American Express, and I just picked that up because I'm looking at my American Express card right now. <laughs> you know, I think you're, I think you're different than Dave Chappelle. I just, I, yeah. I don't, the, the degrees are not the same and I don't think they should be treated as such. You know, I saw a video this morning of, um, uh, you know, someone can't remember. I, I don't know the context, but she was screaming because she's being filmed by someone. He claimed that she cut him off and she flipped him off. She was saying she didn't. She was literally crying, covering her license plate and covering her face because she didn't want it to get on social media because then she'd be, you know, her, you know, her concern was that she'd be vilified by the, the, yeah. the Twitter mob. It's a real, it's a real, it's a real thing now. And, you know, if everything you do in public now and every mistake you make, you get crushed for it, it's that's. Well, is it, or here's my thing that I was trying to argue yesterday when we, we on, on our podcast on the Hey Frey show and and we'll talk about you being on but before you came on we were talking about cancel culture in general and I was saying I think what's the scary part is is if everybody is canceled you take away the power of being canceled you know what I mean like you know a couple years ago right when people were Roseanne okay so you know people were genuinely outraged of course and she she really suffered consequences but I mean if now every single person Every single perform is canceled. It almost takes away the power of it. So you've got companies going, oh, well, you know, I mean, no matter who we work with, they're going to be canceled. So, you know, you've got, so I don't know. I almost wonder if it's going to have the opposite effect of what basically Twitter is trying to do, which is cancel all these people they disagree with. But do you end up basically making it easier for companies to go, who cares? You know what? Who? Oh, well, Joe Rogan, everybody's canceled. So I, I, uh, you know, I think as a company or as, you know, society in general i think we have to step back don't let twitter uh yeah influence your decision dictate yes say okay who is it what occurred what's their history what's their body of work is this one mistake is this a pattern right i i I just think that you know the one-offs now are just it's very dangerous um i agree yeah I agree. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yesterday, you know, it was the first time, I mean, after I don't know how many years, I've known you like seven years. Finally, you're on my show. It was, yeah. we, we had a great time on the Hey Frage podcast. It was excellent. Yeah. I, and you were alive I, and you didn't fuck it up. I was so impressed. 
Listen, I, I told you I wouldn't. I mean, it was we didn't really get into any like dangerous territory in terms of conversation. So it was pretty benign. And you only had me on, you had me on like an egg timer, like uh, 10 minutes and you cut me off. Okay, Patrick, bye. Bye, bye, Patrick. Yeah. Well, you saw, you saw your live audience going down as I was on. So you're like, I got to get him off. So you, so, you, so you canceled me. Bye, you've been canceled. Sorry, audience doesn't want to see. No, you were great. You were great. It, you know, it is tough. Obviously, we talk about, you know, the, the head of American Express. It's hard because, as you know, we talk about a wide variety of subjects on the show. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, you know, you do great work. So I don't want to jeopardize that. But I thought it was awesome. You were really good. And, and it was a great way to cross promote because that Tamron Hall interview is really good. Uh, uh, t- yeah, as we said, Tamron was great. No, thanks for having me on. It was real fun. Um it was interesting seeing how you have the comments below as uh, there's some interesting comments coming up when we were talking. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. I love having like the audience weigh in on like what they think and and yeah, we get them involved for sure. So that was really good. But you you know what? I wanted to ask you about this. You mentioned you've mentioned this on the past couple of podcasts. Race to Equality is the new segment that you guys are doing every single week to basically open up the conversation further about Black Lives Matter. Is there a new one out this week? Yeah, there will be. uh, Well, we're taping today is Tuesday. It'll come out tomorrow, Wednesday. So it's more of a franchise. So we're not 100% sure what form it will take. There, There certainly will be a weekly segment. It may or may not air on the same day or in the same newscast. Uh, there's going to be once, you know, we can actually get out into the community, you know, do, it may be some events tied to it. Okay. Uh, you know, what, what we talked about was we want, we want to make sure that it's, yes, the conversation is critical, educating, critical, but also coming up with solutions and tangible action items or tangible results that can, can, can lead. Um, so, like, and, and again, it's not just, it, it's, it's race to equality, uh, but it's also what, what is underneath that education system, uh, obviously police reform, uh, um, racial, uh, racial objects and overtones and, and symbols, but also understanding, you know, the history and, uh, and then, you know, the, you know, helping, you know, making the education system better in, 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 in inner cities and other places. So, you know, it's going to evolve, sure. you know, but like many entities, uh, it was, you know, it's time, you know, we also have our station from, from management to, to on-air personalities, to producers, to writers, very, very diverse. Um, so we have, um, we should be leading the way on the, on these conversations. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And obviously we have the, 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 the ability to get community leaders, to get the mayors, to get, uh, and listen, this isn't just a Washington DC thing. This is Maryland. This is Virginia. This is, um, you know, we cover a wide geographic area yeah. and obviously national as well. Right. We're in Washington DC. We're in the capital of, of the nation. So, um, well, you know, we got some great people involved in it uh, behind the scenes. And then, uh, so there may be a new story tied to a segment, uh, tied to a conversation. And, sure. And, 
and then we'll go from there. Yeah. And you know, the other article that you were just in, you were quoted in was about talking about how journalists during this time, especially black journalists, people of color, um, you know, commenting on what's happening in the world, but also keeping journalistic integrity. Tell me about this article, because I thought your quote was good. There were some other GMs that were quoted. They had some good points. Yeah, so I was interviewed by Andrew Hayward, former president of CBS News, who now uh, is part of the Cronkite Institute. It's called the Cronkite News Lab. Okay. And seven individuals were interviewed, uh, some news directors, some journal managers, uh, regarding, you know, can, can you remain objective when covering, you know, you know, the protests and, and race relations and so forth. So, uh, I mean, Andrew, he does a fantastic job, super smart. Obviously he was president, work, you know, president of CBS News, Harvard grad. Um, but, you know, it was just a real good conversation. And, you know, as a GM, I have to understand that our on-air personality, they're going to bring their experiences, their sensibilities, um, their history to certain stories. Sure. And I also think as a general manager and a news director, we have to understand there are there are moments in history, and I think this being one of them, that um, you have to understand what's going on. Having said that, I do think as a journalist, journalistic integrity is paramount, especially now. I think you have to make sure that you are um, you're reporting the facts that you know, especially when it moves toward policy and as, you know, breaking news, like when the protests were actually going on, we need to be fact-driven. Uh, and, and, and then there's times where then, you know, you could transition and the audience knows you may be giving an opinion or you may be giving um, some context, using your experiences as context to set up a story. I think all that's okay, but, um, Listen, these are t- these are tough stories to cover, um, especially when you bring those experiences to it. But I think we've handled it very well. And I also think um, I think there's shows and there's moments within certain newscasts. And cer- as you know, we have a lot of different genres. You know, we have a like it or not show, a good day versus news. So I think depending on the context, the setting also lends itself to exploring some of those uh feelings and emotions a yeah. little bit more yeah uh, but 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 yeah but at the end of the day still you know journalistic integrity is paramount right now it really is even more so yeah because it, it's harder you know when you're on the internet it's harder to decipher what is very, very difficult what's very fact difficult. what's opinion it is it is tough you guys are in a, in a tough and, and, and this is going to sound self-serving and cliche but very it's very it's a, it's a great time to be in local news. It's, it's, you know, I think local news, I think local broadcasters do a fantastic job in this country. I don't think they get the credit they deserve or we deserve. Um, uh, you know, from, from, they understand their communities. They understand the stories that are important to their communities. I know this sounds like a commercial for local news, but I, I really believe that. Well, I think it's the news- truth. I mean, I think we, we see, right? doesn't matter what the network is nationally. They are biased. I mean, I think everybody is privy to that now. 
yeah, I just think locals, local broadcasters are there. They're, you know, yeah. they're, they're front lines of the protests, front lines of COVID, front lines of, God forbid, you know, tra- certain tragedies, uh, whether, you know, it, it's just, you know, you know, it's, it's, um, it, we have an important mission. Uh, and then you have a situation what's going on right now. It even elevates, you know, our responsibility to, to the public. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Patrick, what else? Obviously, big week, lots going on. I think lots will continue to unfold. I'm actually taking a vacation next week. Oh, so you no are? Pod, You're out. No, All right. no, pod, no pod next week. We're off. We're dark next week. Okay. We're dark next week. Okay. I'm actually take a few days and, you know. Good for chill. you. Yeah, it's just been uh, it's been a whirlwind for the last three months. Oh, my God. Look, I mean, it has been you guys managing COVID was, you know, one thing. And then, of course, obviously, we're all, you know, big, big Black Lives Matter news, lots of stuff going on. So that, how are you doing? Great. Where are you right now? Well, I'm actually I'm great. I'm out in Detroit where Dan's mom is. You know, Dan's obviously in soccer, as we talk yeah. about. But soccer still remains up in the air as to far as far as like, you know, getting kids on the field. If games... he, he needs to move to Europe, he'd be fine. <laughs> Oh great! Yes, we'll move to Europe. I um, could see you. I could see you in London. Okay, no, it's too dreary. We're moving somewhere where there's a lot of sun. I don't think so. Brazil, yep. but they're being overrun by COVID. So yeah. you know, how I about mean, the, how about the Amalfi Coast or something? Yes, Italy, thank yeah. you. I am done living in these climates where you know it's so hard for the damn sun to come out. No, fuck it. We're not. <laughs> we're not living there. Um, yeah, so we're in Detroit. We're going to be here for the next couple of weeks to visit families. I think we're just taking advantage of this time where you know, nice. obviously, still we're not. I'm not my podcast people, you know, no one's really comfortable coming back yet, you know, three or four days a week in studio. So we're just, yeah, we're kind of bouncing around. Good. Yeah. All right. All right. So we'll be off next week. We'll come, we'll be back the following with the show. Um, Excellent. Patrick, where can people find you and follow you? Patrick GM Fox five DC. Awesome. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks. You got it.